Hey guys, you're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, and we've got your Mandalorian Minute, which invariably tends to turn out to be actually Mandalorian 20 minutes or so. But, because it's so good and we want to talk about it a lot. We, we do! We love it! And who the hell does not love Baby Yoda? And if you don't, you're an effing communist. Shut your mouth, we don't want your opinion anyway. This episode might actually have something that's a little cooler than Baby Yoda, but we'll talk about that later. Lies. Okay, so where where were we at? So last he shows up at the planet to turn in the bounty, which yeah, is he, Baby he goes Yoda. to turn in the the Baby Yoda bounty and. He's, I I hated him at this point. I wanted to bitch slap me a Mandalorian. I did too. He's uncharacter, but although he is uncharacteristically concerned about what they plan to do with the kid. Yeah. Now this this movie this episode actually has a few things that they telegraph. Not a big deal. It's a it's a show that is made pretty much for all ages, mm-hmm. Maybe not super young kids. But you know, there's there's a couple things telegraphed, and I knew the second it happened that this was going to come back and mean something later. The little baby Yoda hopping out of his seat and going over to play with the, one of the knobs from the Mandalorian's ship. Mm-hmm. And he unscrews the little ball from the top and tries to put it in his mouth. And the Mandalorian like takes it from him, puts him down. And they kind of focus on that sequence a little bit. So I'm like, okay, this is going to mean something later. Yeah. I didn't know quite what, but I, I, at a certain point I'm like, Oh, okay, this is what's going to happen. So, and then, and then the whole thing with him asking about the kid and everything like that, you you know he's going back. Yeah, so they they turn it in. It turns it into this this formal emperor em, empire uh, general guy, whatever Moff something whatever he is. Mm-hmm. And of course the the stormtroopers. That he have sounds been, a lot like Christopher uh, Christopher Plinth or Plummer. Or the Christopher from uh, the Tarantino movies. Yeah, from like Django. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that guy's a, a director. He's done a bunch of stuff, but he's most well known for being a director. He directed that one movie about the um, the dude that decided to live with bears, and then the bears decided to be bears and eat him. Yeah, um, yeah, it went pretty much as expected. But so that guy's pretty well known, and I'm totally blanking on his name because I'm a bad person. But 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 he totally sounds like Christopher Plummer. Yeah, yeah. Every time I hear him talk, I'm like, God, it's, I... uh, it's Chris, Christoph Waltz. His name. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking for the, I'm looking at bear movie. Cause I'm that person right now. A bear movie yeah. where bear, where the guy dies. That's, that's, if you Google you get bear movie where the guy dies, there we go. Uh, grizzly man. That is Werner, Hol- Werner Herzog. I don't believe I forgot that. Yeah. Werner Herzog. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So they, they're doing this thing, this transition. There's, it's actually a pretty decent scene. He's getting his, he's getting his, uh, Money now. Did you notice where what the money came from, or the the metal, the little metal bullion ball uh, shard Beskar. things? Yeah, the Beskar stuff. Uh, did you notice where they kept it? In in the little pod thing. Is that yeah, what you're talking in, about? Yeah, it was in this little white pod. And have you seen that pod before? I know you're going to tell me I have, but I will say no. So. That pod was actually seen in Empire Strikes Back. Is that the one that Luke like took out of the trash compactor or whatever? No. So there is a 
named character named oh, Will Rowe Will Row Hood. He is a um, larger individual that during when they basically are evacuating Cloud City, you see this guy running through the uh, the halls of Cloud City with what is very clearly an ice cream maker. Because they okay. just happen to use it as a prop. Well, this ice cream maker they actually used as, instead of it being an ice cream maker in Star Wars world, it is actually a pod used to contain the Beskar metal or whatever, some sort of value. So it's a, so it's a space safe. But they, mm-hmm. they did finally uh, reveal what Will Rowhood does. You can actually, if you really like that scene, you can find a Will Rowhood action figure uh, if you want. It comes with the little white things. You can reenact that thing. It is. I wonder how much the uh, Will Rowhood action figure is is in the Legacy Collection, released in 2009. It's probably worth a shit ton of money. Uh, about 70 bucks, it looks like. Wow. Yeah. If not more. Let's see. It's probably uh, 74.99. I still think it's ridiculous that in a in a universe that is famous for naming everything, like literally everything, you know the skull that Luke picks up off the floor in the Rancor pit that throw at the uh, at the control box to drop the door on the Rancor's head? That skull has a name and a backstory. All right? The, they name everything. The spiders, the big spider droids in Jabba the Hutt's palace that are walking around when he first goes into the door. Mm-hmm. They have like the glass jar at the bottom with the brain. They actually mm-hmm. have a species and a name. They're called Bomar Monks. And they're people that want to give up their bo- their bodies, so they put their brain in these spider droids. There's a whole story. There's a whole book about it, I think. But in a in a universe that names everything, Yoda's species or race or whatever has never been mentioned or named. Yep, and Star Wars fans will make will yell at us if we call it Baby Yoda. Yeah, but they're stupid. Yes, it's Baby because Yoda. we call it Baby Yoda. We know it's not Yoda, but we call it Baby Yoda because baby species that's like Yoda sounds really fucking stupid. And then when they finally find out his name, it'll be the baby formerly known as Yoda, or the baby formerly known as Baby Yoda. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so we have the sequence where the Mandalorian asks, well, what are you going to do with them? And he basically says that's against the guild rules. You know, we hire you so that you don't ask questions. And the Mandalorian takes his Best winnings guard. and leaves. Yep. Um, so heads back, heads back to the Mandalorian palace castle thing. I actually really like the scenes with the, the forge lady, the armor. Oh, yeah. and I, and tell me if there's any validity to this, because I heard that there's been a little bit of a dust up on the internet, on the interwebs, because, you know, people have nothing better to do than to bitch on the interwebs. Yeah. And why don't they just start a podcast like us? If you want to bitch about something, start a podcast. Exactly. Don't I mean, come me on, read. people. Why are you making me read, you fuckers? Anyway, there's, there's, I heard that there's been a dust up that people are upset that there aren't any female characters in The Mandalorian. This is the thing I briefly mentioned on our, our other episode. And I was like, are you insane? The armorer is the female. One, that's 100% correct. Two, well, we don't like getting into it because both, both of us have favorite movies that have female characters. 
But I would never ever say anything that John Favreau is against women or anything like that. He's made very strong women characters. And this, so someone posted a thing saying, I was going to watch the Mandalorian, but there's no strong female characters in it. Okay. Well, so obviously you didn't watch it because there is the lead Mandalorian, whatever is a woman. And also there's a character. They want to introduce you to the Mandalorian. The only other people he's really come up come again up upon are other aliens and uh like people that he kills. So what are you gonna do? Make oh, here's the one female character and then he then she gets blasted. Okay. And we've got Gina Carano is in this show, and she just hasn't been introduced yet, and she is a main character in the show. Mm-hmm. Um and she's a complete badass on her so own without a bunch of armor. So suck it up. Don't be yeah. a bunch of whiny bitches. But like, this is where I think things People get taken too far. Play. This is where I think things get taken too far. And we've had this discussion a lot because I actually kind of, I, I like when there's strong female characters. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you, and I do think it's kind of stupid that people are like, well, they're finally doing strong female characters. People that are forgetting Ripley and Sarah Connor and, well, Wonder Woman was the first ever superhero on TV. And, well, I guess modern times um superman was, I was on gonna tv say, i was gonna say i think superman beat her superman was in the black and white era but like the first like like from at least since i was alive um wonder woman was there there's a ton of strong action hero females that are the quote-unquote last girl it's a thing there's last girls in horror movies whatever and people are like oh well i don't see any females in the first at this point i think it was two episodes of the mandalorian when this was written so therefore, it's not a good show. Well, where would you put it? The show it was perfect so far without that. Mm-hmm. So what are they going to do? Like have it stop and have a like girl power moment? If it was completely changed and it was a f- all females, I wouldn't be like, well, where's the male character? No, it's a good show. Do I it. would. I'd be like, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that is not true at all. You would just watch it without your pants on. Well, that's probably partly true. Yeah, you like you like the armor. Uh, I do, but uh, you know, I'm looking. I am looking forward to Gina Carano getting in there, and um, I just I the this is not a knock on the show, but this is very much following that that trope of the the outlaw having to protect the child. This, you've seen it in comedies in the in the 80s, like you've seen it in uh, was it Wolf and Cub, Wolf and Cub or Cub and Wolf or whatever. Um, I forget the, it's a, it's a trope. It's, it happens a lot. Adding anything into that, that mix is going to screw up the dynamic where you're learning about the Mandalorian based on what he does. Mm -hmm. And you're learning about this surprise baby based on what he does and adding any more minutes of screen time to anybody else is going to break that. Right. So watch episode four where I'm sure they're going to invite this other character into the world. And see what happens. And pay attention. Rob is right. Pay attention to the the freaking armor who's literally in charge of everything. Yeah. Okay. I was going to save that rant actually for the other episode, but you're right. It fits here. Yes. So they they do beat the armor, and all of a sudden a bunch of other Mandalorians come up, and it was kind of for some. I was reminded of when you go to that one section of MegaCon where all the people in Mandalorian costumes are like wandering around. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's mega, they're at MegaCon. 
because everyone has their own customized costume and stuff. No one's as cool as a, a Darkwing Duck Mandalorian, but that's right. But they do that. You better and, recognize. And here you get a little bit of a. I don't know if it's jealousy. It's, it's basically you kind of find out that this Mandalorian happens to be a foundling. I think. Yeah. Uh, meaning he wasn't born a Mandalorian. He just but took they, the they also they also I think it's in this episode that they also talk about it that that Mandalorians can't be essentially defeated because they're not a race. They're a people and Mm -hmm. they welcome anyone who wants to adopt the Mandalorian lifestyle into their way of life. Yeah. So it helmet for a certain code. Right. So they, they're not all sent. They're not centrally located. They don't have, you know, uh, a central government or whatever. They all live by their code and, you know, they're all, they've all raised to be Mandalorians basically. Yeah. So they're spread out all over the galaxy, they say. Mm-hmm. Then there's this kind of one bulky Mandalorian that kind of sidles up to him and is a little unhappy. I believe he's called Heavy Infantry. Heavy Infantry? And he is played, heavy... by, John, and he is played by John Favreau, actually. Heavy Infantry, yep. yep. And the reason I know that is because Jen is half deaf and we watch it with subtitles on. And when he talks, his name is Heavy Infantry, uh-huh. colon, colon, and then he speaks. And that's, that's correct, because there's also a toy already coming out of him. And it's called what you said. Wow, there's a toy coming out of him? Yeah. They're also uh, releasing a Mandalorian oh, that you are, you are filthy. You wouldn't know because he's always wearing his armor. That's right. Dirty, dirty man. I'm never going to be able to look at that guy the same without being like, ugh. <laughs> What's going on in them britches? Um, so, yeah, this dude, he basically starts a fight. They're about to go toe-to-toe with some uh, vibroblades. And then it gets kind of broken up. And I believe this is when they find out that he's never taken off his helmet since he put it on and whatever. Mm-hmm. Just leads me to think gross helmet. Ugh. Yeah. How do you eat? Yeah, true. I mean, I've seen you at Megacon. You have to take your helmet off every five minutes just to drain the sweat. No, actually, the Mandalorian helmet isn't bad. It's the Darkwing Duck mask that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, you take off your helmet. You're not a true Mandalorian, Rob. Despite what I'm not hat, wearing my helmet now. And despite we well, are wearing a Mandalorian hat, so I guess that works. That counts, right? Yeah. So we get past that sequence, and Mandalorian goes back to his ship with all of. Oh, they they do f- form some nice new armor because the other armor got messed up and lost its its quality and by the mudhorn because the mudhorn messed it up. Mm-hmm. And so they he gets some nice shiny new armor. Well, they- I I would like to address the little fight sequence because I believe this sequence is actually significant in explaining one of the things I had a problem with later in the episode. So, so the fight sequence between the Mandalorian and heavy infantry, heavy infantry basically comes in and talks shit basically about the empire. He says, basically like they robbed us. This was ours. You know, they looted us and blah, blah, blah. You know where this came from. Basically this is blood money. This should be ours anyway. And I can't believe you're working with them. Blah, 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 blah. And that's when they get in the fight. And so I think this is going to come back later, and I'll explain when we get there. They're basically saying that this you shouldn't have done a favor for them for the stuff that really should have been our, ours to begin with. Correct. Which actually ties in, uh, now that we say it, it actually kind of ties into what happened with the Jawas. The Jawas stole a bunch of his stuff, and he had to go do a favor for them in the previous yeah. episode. That's so kind of a theme. So anyway, he he does get some nice fancy new armor. He leaves. He goes back to his ship. 
and as he's getting about to start a ship, this is when I was like, oh, this, okay, here it comes. He's about to leave. He looks down. He reaches he, for the lever. He reaches for his lever, and it realizes it doesn't have the, the little ball on the end of it. Picks it up, looks at it or whatever, thinks about the little guy, and he's like, oh, I need to find out what they're going to do with him. His conscience is getting the better of him. Yep, so he goes back and use, aims his rifle, which pretty much does everything. It's got a taser. It's got a... It does regular blast. He's used it as a bludgeoning weapon. It's, it disintegrates, obviously. Um, yeah, but it also has a like a sound thing where you can aim it at the building, and he's listening to the, the Empire talking at a very convenient time when the scientist from Episode 1 is... Uh, discussing basically trying to it sounds i don't remember exactly what was said but it sounds like he wants to keep doing tests on it whereas the other guy wants it dead like the main yeah. empire guy wants it i can't guarantee your safety any longer yeah so the mandalorian's like well shit can't let a kid die the child as we're really supposed to be calling it so he goes he does a nice little trick where he knocks on the door and the stormtrooper is still inept as ever they go out they go to to find him, he blows up a. Oh, what is that? Do you have a? Do you have a? Is that Palpatine? Oh, Luminara. Where'd you find a Lum, Why do you have a Luminara toy? I just have it. Ah. So they. Uh, he knocks on the door, goes down an alley, but he blows up a, a security camera, if I remember correctly. Oh no, he rips off the the eye. Yeah, that yeah the the thi- like the, the one that comes out of Jabba's palace, the eye that sticks out and opens up. Yeah, that's actually, I'm I'm hoping to 3D print one of those and stick it like. On my door. On your door. Nice. Like maybe cut a hole in the door and like, like put a post so I can like move it around. <laughs> Except the wife will murder me. Um. Anyway, long story short, or long story longer on this, they do this whole thing where the the Mandalorian takes out the stormtroopers. There's a really cool sequence where he basically assaults the little hideout that the Empire is in. Mm-hmm. Takes down a bunch of these stormtroopers. Uses his flamethrower a bunch. Uses a bunch of other weapons. Uh, he moves very quietly. He I does. Think, which is really hard with the freaking armor on. The whistling birds are awesome too, by the way. Yeah, he gets some whistling birds, which that was another thing that was telegraphed from earlier in the thing. You knew that was coming. Which mm-hmm. is basically, uh, what's the... I was going to say like a holdout blaster, but it's not really like that. Basically, in all of the old westerns, the, they'll always have like the hero is like stuck with like people all the way around him and he finds some way out. This is a bunch of little miniature rockets that launch out of his thing and and take out all of them. Kind of like a bunch of little uh, Yondu arrows. Mm-hmm. Bunch of miniature explosives. Yeah. So he goes there. He does get to the the uh, Empire guy. I forget what he does to him. Does he kill the him? Empire guy. Yeah. No, he doesn't kill him. Because the guy hadn't killed Baby Yoda and was trying to keep Baby Yoda alive. No, the other guy. The... the not the scientist. The he the wasn't that, there. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's why I don't remember. She does get the Empire scientist. The Empire scientist. They look like with without me, he would have been dead already. And he's basically in this little like scanner device, and he takes baby baby Yoda, the child, and escapes. And as he's escaping, they uh, they come after him. Basically, right? They're, they're oh no, there's a really cool fight in an alley too, right? The fight moves out to the alley and he's basically like in trouble. He's surrounded from. Yeah. The, the, the bounty hunters or whatever are because as he, as he leaves the the empire hideout, all of the fobs that they had given out to track the kid to begin with start going off again. Mm -hmm. So all of the bounty hunters know that he's, 
that he's invaded the thing and he took the kid out. And so every one of the bounty hunters has turned out to try and get this kid. You know, it's interesting that the fobs, like I'm big on the design of the various things. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is I loved the designs of the, of our original movies. I thought that they really got away from it in the prequels, but, uh-huh. some, but some of it, I liked that some of the designs led to the designs later on. Like they were nicer versions of what you saw later on. Um, and I didn't like the fob design, but it fit with Star Wars because they kind of mm-hmm. looked funny. But it just one of those, I was like, ah, I don't really like the design, but that just meant that it kind of, it, it fit what it was supposed to look like. So when they all right. start going off, it's like, oh shit. So he basically a ton of bounty hunters go after him and he gets basically trapped in an alley yeah. or actually on the street headed toward his ship. Yeah. I think he's behind like some barrels and it's, it's a good shootout Western style scene. And just when you think all is lost, all of a sudden something flies over the thing. I think Rob had some more stuff to say about this. I did because I had initially I had a little bit of a problem with all of the Mandalorians coming to his rescue. And that's essentially what happened was the entire Mm -hmm. hideout was was emptied of the Mandalorians and they all came to his rescue. And, you know, it was like, well, you know, they didn't agree that he took the that he took the contract and, you know, he they kind of had their arguments with him. And but they're showing up to help him and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I guess you can kind of explain it away with a he's a Mandalorian and Mandalorians are Mandalorians and Mandalorians come first. So mm-hmm. if anybody it's like a brotherhood, if anybody's assaulting another Mandalorian, you show up and you offer aid. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that, um, but I also can see the they felt like they had been plundered by the empire and they were mad at him for doing the job for, or at least the one guy was mad at him for doing the job for the empire. And they saw this as a way to stick it to the empire or him correcting, you know, what they thought was, you know, after completing the job, which he was paid to do, he completed the job, but then he came back and took it back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that he's kind of sticking it to the empire. So they kind of like that also. So, I mean, I guess that's how they kind of explained it away, but you know, I was like, it was it was super convenient that they all just kind of were like, oh, hey, let's all go out and fly and help and blow these people up. Yeah. Uh, Mandalorian with a Gatling gun. Heavy infantry. Yeah. Better or worse than a Baby Yoda. That's the. Oh, worse. Because Baby Yoda's, like Baby Yoda's effing adorable, man. Come on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Baby Yoda, man. I've got a I've got a porg sitting on my desk right now that totally needs a Baby Yoda next to it. Totally does. Yeah. So they do that. I there was only one thing that I, I didn't like in this episode. I did not like the heavy infantry guy flying up and giving the Top Gun salute as the Mandalorian was taking off. He kind of flies up, gives a little like salute, and then flies away. I thought that was a little heavy handed. Cheesy. A little yeah. heavy handed. I know why they did it. They did it for the jetpack, but they already showed the jetpack earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. It was also a good. He's like, I need to get one of those, which is. Actually, kind of a good thing they did that because there's a couple times where the Mandalorian has been trapped, and you instinctively are like, "Why well, aren't you using your jetpack?" Because you're oh, so used to Boba. Yeah, you're so used to Boba Fett. You're so used to Jango Fett having a jetpack. He needs to get one. I'm hoping that will be an entire season. Him just getting a jetpack. I want to watch that the armor awesome. build him a jetpack. So he's got Baby Yoda, and he flies off planet. Yes, and now where he's well, going to go to a planet filled with strong female characters just to make that lady happy. Yeah, tell that lady to shut the hell up. I, I believe the the uh, on the other end of that, there were people that were immediately like slamming everything about her. You can slam her idea and explain why, but don't you know threaten bodily harm against her. Yeah. So don't do that, stupid Star Wars fans. 
No. But you can definitely say that she's stupid. Yeah. And say it's a stupid idea, just like we do with every episode ever. Anyway, this was The Mandalorian 24 Minutes. Woo! Uh, check out our other episodes, our real episodes. If you've somehow managed to find this without watching our other or without listening to our other episodes, there we have 109 other episodes at this point of us talking about random, goofy pop culture stuff. Uh, a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, so check out that. Check out uh, our most recent episode where we talk about Son-in-Law for Thanksgiving. And we talk People about Polly Shore more than anyone has actually talked about Polly Shore in at least the past five years. Super fun movie. Yes. So thanks for listening. Good night and stuff. Thank you.